Well, we're here. Mia squinted into the darkness, trying to make out the structure in front of her. Finally. Can I take this blindfold off? We've been in the car for over an hour now. Plus, I thought this was supposed to be sexy. Liam couldn't see from underneath the tea towel or the sunglasses placed over top, but Mia was rolling her eyes at him from the driver's seat. She had made it pretty clear to him before the drive that she would still be clothed once the blindfold was removed. But Liam must have forgotten that part. Nope. Leave the blindfold on. If you know what's good for you, that is. The pair had been in a relationship for a little over two years, though they had known each other for far longer. When Liam first moved to Pine Hill at the beginning of sixth grade, the petite, shy boy could hardly communicate with his peers. His family home, a near shack located close to the Seneca Forest, had burnt down in an apparent freak accident. Half of the students at Pine Hill Middle School were convinced that Liam was the culprit, while the other half viewed him as a local celebrity. Either way, he truly was the talk of the town. The only student who seemed interested in Liam's well-being, rather than getting new gossip to share, was Mia. Mia, the intelligent brunette who caught the bus stop shortly after Liam, was certainly out of his league even for 6th grade standards. But in Mia's eyes, Liam was like the worms that baked on the sidewalk in front of the bus stop every morning. People could help them, they just chose not to. In the same way that Mia would hop around each morning, slinging worms back into the safety of cool dirt, she would save Liam from being a complete social outcast. Mia convinced her circle of friends to give Liam a chance, playing basketball with him after school, seeing movies on the weekend, everyone playing release together in the park at night. Before long, Liam was a member of the popular crowd at Pine Hill, his tragic upbringing now all but forgotten. Forgotten to everyone but Mia, who secretly, deep down, had been in love with Liam since that first day on the bus. Thankfully for Mia, her time would come. Eventually. Both Mia and Liam's family had strong roots in their faith, making the pair the only two out of their friend group forced to attend the local Christian college following grade 12. Mia had only planned to get some basic credits under her belt before transferring, but after hearing that Liam would be attending, she altered her agenda. Two and a half years later, Mia's plans had unraveled exactly as she expected and if things kept going smoothly, she would be engaged shortly after graduation. But one moment seemed to ruin an entire decade's worth of planning. Ugh, it smells like total shit in here. Please don't tell me we are under old man's bridge, Liam asked, his arms outstretched into the darkness. Mia opened the heavy cellar door when the with an exasperated breath, pushing Liam forward gently to direct him. Not quite. I told you we would be doing something spooky, not risking our lives under the crackhead bridge. Okay, now step down. Once we are at the bottom, you can take off the blindfold. Mia rested her hands gently on Liam's shoulders, leading him down the stone cellar steps. 
The sound of fall leaves being crushed gently below their feet was the only sound inside, making Mia think to herself how strangely quiet it was in there. As the two reached the bottom, Mia peered into the darkness behind Liam's broad shoulders. Squinting to make out shapes, she could see the charred walls that were once the home's basement. Small items were burnt to ash and rubble on the ground. Mia could make out the body of what used to be a toy truck, pieces of granite dinnerware, and what looked to be storage boxes that were now mostly ash. Something about this place was forming a pit of anxiety in Mia's stomach. It felt like someone was watching her from all four walls. As Liam started to remove the tea towel that Mia had tied tightly around his eyes, she turned to run as fast as she could up the steps. Liam began giggling to himself after hearing her footsteps run back up the steps. The laughter quickly ended when Liam heard the sound of the cellar door slamming shut, the metal bolt locking quickly behind it. Mia stood with her back toward the door, tears of anger and pain welling up under her curled lashes. You're joking, right? Are you trying to scare me, Mia? She said nothing, but Liam could hear her starting to cry behind the bolted door. Confused, he asked, What is going on? Where are we? Why did you take me here? I assume we were going to chase each other around for a bit, then find an abandoned room, have some fun. What's the deal? Mia started to shake her head behind the door, thinking to herself, Jesus, Liam, all you think about is sex. You are too stupid to even realize that is what got you here in the first place. Anger was building up within her, burning her throat and sending tremors down her hands. Why don't you look around, Liam? You more than anyone should know why we are here. Why don't you tell me where we are? Liam huffed, getting annoyed. I really don't understand why you're being like this, but okay, he said as he began walking down the cellar steps. Before even reaching the bottom, Mia heard Liam gasp as the sound of his footsteps ceased. Open the door. Now. Liam was trying to sound strong, but Mia picked up a shake in his voice that she had never heard before. Was this a good idea after all? Deciding that she was in too deep to turn back, Mia sarcastically asked, Do you know where we are now, babe? Now, Liam was pissed. This isn't a fucking joke to me, Mia. I told you about this place in secrecy. This is some serious childhood trauma and shit that I told you because I trusted you. Hearing the word trust was the trigger Mia needed to fully explode unleashing everything that she had been holding in for the past few days. Trust? You want to talk to me about trust? This is actually the entire reason we are here. I trusted you first. I trusted you as a friend and let you into our group when you moved here. I trusted you that night we all went skinny dipping in the lake by Spruce Knob. I trusted you with my virginity and to protect me at college. And what do you do with that trust? Use it so that I fall in love with you while you are making plans to fuck my roommate. Her voice had reached a shill scream at this point, cracking with pain at the word roommate. (sighs) What are you even talking about, Mia? 
You are acting completely insane. You know that? Open the door. Mia did open the door, but did not unlock the metal latch, leaving a few inches of space where she could see into the basement. Liam's face quickly filled the gap, a mix of anger and fear in his eyes as his hand tried to squeeze through the opening. Only his fingers would fit, wriggling around for help like the worms that Mia once saved. But this time, she felt no pity. Reaching for her back pocket, Mia pulled out the latest iPhone and held it to the gap in the door. Tell me I'm insane now. Tell me that I'm not looking at direct messages of you planning to hook up with Rachel. Tell me that it's not her pictures in your hidden calculator app. You're the one who is insane. Liam's eyes stayed planted on his phone screen as Mia furiously swiped through the evidence of his infidelity. Realizing that he was caught, Liam sighed and began to start his apology. Look, I'm sorry, Mia. It's seriously meaningless. We just like to play around to mess with you. She sent those pictures to me. I didn't even ask for them. Please, just open the door. We can talk about things. I can prove to you that it's nothing. Please. His fingers still waved around desperately in the darkness as he gave his apology speech. Tears streamed down Mia's cheeks, splashing softly onto the cold stone beneath her. You are such a liar, she said between sobs. You probably didn't even live here. I bet you made this whole fire story up so that we would feel bad for you. I wish I never even met you, Liam. Mia was becoming hysterical now, choking on tears as she tried to maintain her breathing. Liam could barely look at her this way his eyes hovering on her shoes at the bottom of the door. I never lied about that, Mia. Everything I told you about this place was true. The night terrors, the constant maggots, that thing I saw. I swear I never lied about that. I'm sorry. I'm such an idiot. I don't know why I even pursued Rachel. You are everything to me. Please, Mia. She continued to sob, but Mia had to admit to herself that Liam's desperation tugged at her heart. After all, she loved him. She wanted to spend her life with him prior to going through his phone. She finally peeked up to look at him through the crack, the phone illuminating his soft green eyes. Mia was just about to reach for the metal lock and forget this mess when she saw something. As she took a step forward, the phone shined at the bottom of the door. A gap about a foot wide had formed as the charred wooden door began to disintegrate over time. Within that small area of darkness, Mia could see what looked to be two black stones placed directly behind Liam's feet. She squinted and blinked into the darkness to make out the shapes. Are those... (gasps) Mia jumped, the phone falling from her hand and landing with the flashlight face down. Her feet instinctively carried her away from the door, backing into the crumbling walls behind her as darkness filled the room. Liam's eyes widened in confusion as he watched her, saying, What? What happened? Turn the light back on. Horrified, Mia slowly crouched to the ground 
and grabbed the phone with a shaking hand. Her knees knocked together as she shook in fear, slowly shining the light back over to the foot of the door. Liam watched Mia's eyes widen, tears slipping out once again as her shaking hands covered her mouth. What, Mia? What do you see? I think there's something behind you. I swear, I see like an animal in there. Mia's voice and Bonnie shook violently with fear. Liam sighed. He was over this game and this prank. Sure, he may have cheated on his girlfriend, but that doesn't mean she can psychologically toy with him for the night. You know, Mia, I'm over this game. We could have talked about this at the dorms. I would have explained everything there. You being upset does not give you the right to take me prisoner. Now stop this and open the door or I'm seriously done with you. Feeling scared and embarrassed at this point, Mia rose to her feet, grabbing the cell phone and walked back toward the door. As her fingers reached for the deadbolt, she told herself not to look behind Liam's face and into the basement. Something deep inside was telling Mia not to look, but she just had to. For just a second, her eyes shot back to the area of the basement visible through the crack. Standing at the bottom of the steps behind Liam was a pitch black figure so dark that the light from the phone did not illuminate any features. The only part of this person or thing that Mia could make out were two large, twisting horns atop its head. Mia was telling her legs to run, sprint out of this place before she saw anything else that her mind could not explain. Yet she couldn't move an inch. Her body was paralyzed with fear as the figure began moving up the steps toward Liam. What? What are you... Liam shrieked and spun around, his back pressed up against the door, filling the space with his black cotton sweatshirt. If he could have melted into the door just to get away from that basement, he would have. Something just cut me. I swear, something just clawed at my back and cut me. Mia, let me out of here, please. This place is so fucked up. Liam was screaming and on the verge of tears a demeanor that Mia had never seen before. It frightened her to the bone. As panic and anxiety began filling the charred remains of the house, Mia finally felt the adrenaline spike she needed in order to take action. She jumped toward the door, reaching desperately for the deadbolt. The phone's flashlight bounced around the walls as Mia clutched onto it with one hand, the other finally unlocking the door. She expected the door to fly open, Liam to grab her over his shoulder and take them to the safety of his car. However, the door swung the opposite way, closing suddenly just as Liam tried to jump out. Mia! Liam yelled, as Mia simultaneously yelled, Liam! Then, the light went out. Open the door! Turn the light back on! I swear we are so done after this! Liam was almost hyperventilating. He was so panicked. Mia pulled on the handle as hard as she could, twisting and turning as she leaned her weight into the door. Even with all of her strength, Mia could not open the basement door. 
It can't. It won't open. It must be airlocked somehow. Is there a cellar door down there? It's hopeless. Oh my god, it's hopeless. Completely losing the strength he had built up over the years, Liam sank to the ground and began to cry. I hate you for bringing me here. I hate you so much. I told you this place was cursed. I told you I could never come back here. I may have lied about the fire, but everything else was true. The entire house was still, absorbing the shock of what Liam had just admitted. What? Mia asked. Are you saying there was no fire? How was the house charred then? The wind outside howled as Mia waited for a response. No, there was a fire, but it wasn't an accident. Mia said nothing. Liam continued. I started it, down here in the basement. I never thought it would actually work. I never thought that it would get to Janie. I thought she would smell in the smoke and wake up. I never thought that it would kill Janie. I thought she would wake I thought she would smell the smoke and wake up. This house is evil. It tormented all of us. I just wanted my family to escape and the evil here to be burnt up. And it was. And everything was fine, and life was good until you showed up. You're the one who brought me here. You are the reason this is all happening. The one exciting thing you ever did in your life is to bring me here, and even that you managed to screw up. No wonder Rachel and I have hooked up for months. She is way more fun than you could ever... Silence. Liam? Mia mouthed into the room so quiet that it was barely audible. The silence within those black walls terrified Mia even more than any response Liam could give. The only thing she could hear was the consistent thump of blood pumping through her ears as her heart pounded. Again, just a little louder, Mia whispered, Liam. Silence. Then Mia started to hear a creaking noise as she noticed the door slowly opening toward her. A cold breeze of air drifted from behind the door across Mia's fingers, sending a shiver down her spine. Liam, please answer. Are you okay? Was Liam playing a prank on her as revenge? Maybe he was just hiding quietly to prove how much of a baby Mia is waiting for the perfect moment to jump out and scare her back into his arms. Slowly, Mia opened the rest of the door, hoping to see her partner still standing there, as he had been moments before. It was so dark leading down to the cellar that Mia could only see the next three steps ahead of her, even with the flashlight. She paused at the top of the steps and listened for any sounds of danger. At first, She continued to hear nothing but the pounding within her ears. After a few seconds, though, Mia believed she could hear the low drum of what sounded like a car engine in the distance. That asshole is leaving me, Mia thought to herself, feeling like a complete fool for letting Liam trick her. He must have taken the keys from her on the walk-in without her noticing, then left through the cellar door. Holding the phone up for light, 
Mia raced to the bottom of the steps, hoping that she could reach the door before he pulled away and left her stranded. I'm such an idiot, Mia thought to herself. Her thoughts were interrupted, though, as her foot slipped on something at the base of the steps, sending Mia knee down into the stone floor, her palms scraping across debris. Grabbing blindly into the darkness, Mia felt the cold plastic phone case across her fingers and scooped it up. Flipping the back of the phone to face the stairs, the light drifted to reveal a horrendous sight. Liam lay motionless and twisted, half on the last step and half of him laying on the cellar floor. The light bounced off rusty liquid and ooze pouring through a deep laceration through Liam's brain. The sickening sight of his open skull reminded Mia of a lemon after a wedge of it had been removed. Her heart sank even deeper as she realized with horror that the low sound she heard was not a car engine, but most likely Liam's last breaths. Liam! Mia knelt down next to him, sobbing and screaming in a frightened panic. The once beautiful blue eyes were now coated in an unnatural film, looking up to the ceiling blankly. A glimmer of metal hit the flashlight of the iPhone, and Mia saw the car keys laying close to Liam's outstretched hand. As much as she wanted to try to help Liam take back the past few moments of what had just happened, Mia knew there was nothing more she could do. Taking the car keys in her hand, she whispered, I'm sorry before sprinting back up the steps and out of the house. It felt like she was running in slow motion as her legs propelled her forward. Then, Mia suddenly started to think a little differently. Why is she the one running to help Liam? I mean, it's not her fault that he tripped down the steps, in the dark with no flashlight. The top step could have disintegrated and crumbled for all she knew. It was her fault that the two were here to begin with, she had to admit. Well, maybe it wasn't her fault after all. She would have never brought Liam to his old house if he hadn't cheated on her. It's not a crime to scare someone, especially a brawny football player like Liam. Maybe Mia could tell the police that the two were messing around, playing hide-and-seek in a haunted house before Liam tripped. No, I can't say that, Mia thought to herself. Liam is the hometown hero, and I am a minority. Police will say that I pushed him for some reason. Maybe they will go through his phone and think he was leaving me for Rachel, so I got upset. Mia's head was spinning as she tried to think of a solution to save her future. This man, this boy who she had once loved, had done nothing but take advantage of her. Mia was too innocent to recognize a wolf in sheep's clothing, but she could see it now. And after everything she had done for him, after everything she had done for Rachel too, this is how they repay her? No. No. This will not happen. I am the victim here, Mia thought. And with that revelation, a new plan was put into motion. With Liam's phone still in her hand, Mia held down on the iPhone's home button until the option for voice assistance was shown. Siri, text Rachel. Say, 
Meet me at my old house. I will send a pin. Mia found out about us. She freaked out and ditched me. Siri sent the message as directed, and just a few seconds later, Rachel replied that she would leave in 10 minutes. Maybe Mia could make this work. As she raced back outside to her car, thunder cracked overhead and the leaves of trees nearby began to rustle loudly. Mia grabbed a disinfecting wipe from her glove box and raced back inside, wiping off all fingerprints on Liam's phone and on the door handles. Retracing her movements in her mind, Mia felt relieved remembering that she didn't touch Liam after he had fallen. After cleaning the phone, Mia placed the disinfecting wipe back in her pocket and the iPhone near Liam's hand. There was only one piece left to complete her puzzle of revenge, something that Mia was not looking forward to. Although she had seen it before in the movies, Mia knew that this would be harder than it looked. Taking a deep breath, she grabbed a handful of hair from the back of her head and ripped it from her scalp as quickly as she could manage. The curly black strands twisted and curled around her finger as a few tears slipped from Mia's eyes. Finding a solid spot of stone still kept intact on the wall, Mia positioned her head and tried a few practice swings. When she felt her angle would be the most realistic, Mia took another deep breath and hit the back of her skull against the wall as hard as she possibly could. Mia wasn't sure how long she was unconscious, but it could only have been a few minutes. The wind outside was still howling, warning of the future storm, and Rachel clearly had not shown up yet to rescue her lover. With her vision still spotty, Mia stumbled to her feet and once again ran out of the burnt remains that were once Liam's childhood home. Mia took one final look at the house and thought to herself, How did we get here? I just wanted to scare you, Liam, for you to see your biggest fear. Then maybe you would need me more than Rachel. As a few more tears fell silently from her eyes, Mia got into her car and backed out of the dirt driveway as quickly as possible. The 2014 Hyundai Elantra flew down the winding roads surrounding Seneca Forest as rain began pelting the windshield. Mia was fully hysterical at this point, sobbing and begging God for forgiveness. As her car glided along the twisting road passing Spruce Knob Lake, she wished with all of her might that her and Liam could return to their night of skinny dipping and live in that moment forever. As she stared out of her passenger window at the lonely body of water, Mia suddenly heard from the back seat, Mia? It was Liam's voice, no doubt. Mia's head whipped around reflexively at the sound, jumping at the shock of hearing her dead boyfriend's voice in the back seat. Sitting there, taking up almost all three of the back seats, was the pitch black figure of a man. Two large, twisting horns like that of a ram sat atop their head, their legs turning into demonic black hooves below the knee. Most horrifying of all was that the figure had Liam's face. Yet, it wasn't Liam's face, because his mouth was twisted into a gaping, unnatural smile.
Mia, can you hear me? It's mommy. I'm here for you, baby. Stark white rays of light blinded Mia's eyes, blinking rapidly to focus on her vision. When her eyes finally adjusted, Mia could see that she was laying in a hospital bed, tubes running up her arms and bandages everywhere. Standing in the corner of the room was a nurse and what appeared to be a detective. All sets of eyes remained on Mia as she looked around the room in confusion. What happened? Mia mumbled, truly not remembering the details of the night in question. Mia's mother grabbed her daughter's hand gently for comfort and said, You got into a bad car accident about a week ago. Last Friday, during the big storm, you veered off the road and into a tree. Her mother began to sniffle at the thought. Do you remember any of that? The detective had made her way over now, noticing that the mother and daughter were discussing important details of that night. The detective, a woman in her early 30s with olive skin and pretty eyes, said, Hi, Mia. I'm Detective Ramirez, and I just want to get some details about that night, if you can remember any. Detective Ramirez looked to the other side of the room, where a man with a detective badge and leather jacket stood, staring at her. Mia quickly deduced that the man must be Detective Ramirez's partner, probably the bad cop of the two. That night, I I just remember the sound of the car crashing. Detective Ramirez nodded and wrote down something on her notepad. As she looked back at Mia, her eyes softened and she asked gently, Do you remember going somewhere with Liam that night? Liam. Mia suddenly remembered everything. Flashbacks and pieces of the night invaded her memory like a fever dream. Then she remembered what she had seen in her back seat just before crashing. The consistent beeping of the machine next to her started to increase, and Mia's hands began to shake violently. Detective Ramirez placed a supporting hand on Mia's shoulder as her mother clutched Mia's hand tightly. It's okay. Be as emotional as you need. I can be here as long as it takes, but we need to know what happened that night. Full of anger and pain, Mia sobbed through the story she had worked to develop that night. Liam had always been emotionally abusive to her, ripping apart her insecurities and pressuring her into situations that she did not want to be a part of, which was actually true. But then came the fabrications. That night, Liam told Mia he was going to take her on a surprise date because he had something to share. Liam drove Mia to his old abandoned home and admitted to his relationship with Rachel before giving Mia an ultimatum. Let him be with Rachel and he will end things amicably or make it difficult for both of them. Mia became frightened, of course, because she didn't know what that threat meant. When Mia threatened to tell their Christian college and the entire town about Liam's infidelity, the hometown hero became scared for his reputation. Mia tried to run, and Liam grabbed her by the hair and slammed her into the wall, threatening to kill her. Mia, who was only five foot one, kicked Liam between his legs, setting her free from his grip. When she did, the car keys fell from his pocket, 
which Mia took and sprinted out of the house, never looking back. She must have been so upset trying to drive home through the storm that she veered off the road. Perhaps there was an animal, or perhaps her brakes just gave out going around that bend. Mia couldn't remember, she told the detective, sobbing through her story. Throughout Mia's recount of that night, Detective Ramirez furiously took notes, pausing here and there to nod at the other detective hovering outside the hospital room. When Mia finally finished the story, she was completely exhausted from reliving the trauma and the rain of emotions befalling her. Detective Ramirez stepped out of the room to discuss her notes with the other detective, Detective Johnson, while Mia's mother went to the cafeteria for some coffee and a ginger ale. Well, do you believe her? The other girl did find the body at the bottom of the steps. Detective Ramirez paused to gather her thoughts, then slowly began to nod. I do believe her. I think she's been abused by that boy for a long time without even realizing. You should have seen her heart rate spike when I just said his name. I've seen that before, in multiple battered women. Not all get to escape, sadly. Detective Johnson nodded thoughtfully before saying, One piece I don't understand. If the boy was upset and tripped in the dark, how did the laceration on his back get there? They looked like claw marks and were too deep for fingernails. The lab also confirmed that neither girl had any DNA or blood under their nails. No object found at the scene, no male blood in the car. What do you think about that, Ramirez? Detective Ramirez stared thoughtfully at Mia, watching the girl shake and sob as her eyes stayed tightly shut. She couldn't help to think of her own experiences with abuse, and she felt sorry for Mia. Suddenly it hit her, and she turned excitedly to her counterpart. What about a bear attack? That house was close to the woods, and the cuts look like bear claws. Maybe that could explain how he went down the steps with such force that it would crack his head open. Maybe when the other girl showed up, she scared the animal off. Detective Ramirez nodded as he thought through this hypothesis, then said, Well, Ramirez... I think you might be on to something. There are even cougars in that area from what I've heard. Let me make some calls and see if we can get some wildlife experts to look at the corpse. Smiling over their progress, Detective Ramirez turned to look back at Mia in her bed. The young woman had fallen asleep, her cheeks still wet and stained with tears. But then, Detective Ramirez noticed something. Standing in the corner of the room, next to the bed, was a large, dark figure. It was so large that it took up the entire space from floor to ceiling. And although she could not make out the features, the detective could tell that the figure was staring at Mia. Jumping back in shock, Detective Johnson grabbed onto Ramirez for support, asking her, What's the matter? Ramirez looked, at te- looked to Detective Johnson, unsure of what to say before her eyes darted back to Mia's room. Yet this time, there was nothing. No figure in the corner, no darkness, just the consistent beeps of hospital machinery and blinding overhead lights. Sighing and running shaking fingers through her hair, Detective Ramirez said, I'm sorry, I thought I saw something in the room. I need to stop pulling doubles.
Mia, wake up. It's time to take some pain relievers. Mia rubbed at her eyes, still exhausted and in pain. Yawning, she rolled over in her hospital bed and took the small cup of medicine from a nurse. The taste of iron washed over Mia's mouth as thick red liquid dripped down her throat. Is this... blood? Instinctively, Mia started to spit the liquid out of her mouth, but a cold, dead hand covered her lips, grasping her head firmly. Mia looked up in horror, and standing in front of her was Liam. Well, parts of Liam. Mia could tell that it was Liam's body by the posture and build, along with a small tattoo on his chest. His legs twisted into hairy stumps below the knees, with the hooves of a ram at his feet. The face that once provided Mia with so much comfort was now gone, the ram's head completely replacing what she knew of Liam. A deep laceration split the two horns in half, as maroon blood and black sludge dropped out of it. A piece of Mia's heart broke as she realized the laceration was the exact spot where Liam had cut his head after falling. The thick, rusty liquid was forced down Mia's throat, dripping out from her nose as she choked and tears spilling from her eyes. As the final drops worked their way through Mia's body, she heard a familiar voice say, Now we'll be together forever. Want to creep on us? Follow us on social media at ew, that's creepy podcast, or send us an email at ew, that's creepy podcast at gmail.com. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. Thanks, creepy cats.